How we feeling today, United Church? Are we feeling good? Good to be in the house today. Uh, today, there's so much to celebrate. We've got Super Bowl Sunday uh, in our food collection. And I just want to say this before we jump into the message at all. I, I believe that you guys, I believe I'm part of the most generous church on planet Earth. And so I just think you should give yourself a hand today, a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming alongside the vision and the mission of our church to love the state of Delaware and to the heartbeats like the Father's. What an amazing thing. And, and also today's Jersey Sunday. You may be wondering, um, does he wear a Duke University shirt every now and then or all the time? No, I don't, but it's Coach K's last season, and uh, some of you don't watch college basketball at all, but I was born in North Carolina, and you really have two choices when you're born in North Carolina. You're either a, a Tar Heel fan, or excuse me, a Tar Heels fan, or you are, uh, or you're a Blue Devils fan, and, um, and I'm, I'm a Blue Devils fan. I was born into it. It's just the way it was, and so Coach K's final season. Anyways, that's why I'm wearing this. Thought about wearing a Cubs jersey, but the lockout's complicated with the MLB, and then I thought about wearing uh, a Panthers jersey, and we just, we, we're like Oprah right? We just give wins away to other teams. Like you get a win, you get a win. Everybody get, look under your seat. You get a, every NFL team we play, like you get a win. But we just, we'd love to be a church that has fun and we can smile a lot and we can laugh. It's amazing. But today we jump into a brand new teaching series called This I Believe. This I Believe. And listen, if this series is like 50% as powerful as the last series, come on, can I just tell you that we're in good shape, y'all? We're in good shape because I heard so much good feedback from out of the cave of the work that God is doing in so many different people's lives and the work that he did in my life, even as I was studying that, getting ready for the messages. Um, but if anyway, in any way you were impacted by out of the cave, raise your hand, like you were able to help somebody. Yeah, yeah. And so here's what, here's my challenge to you. My, my encouragement to you is this, is you know a friend who is struggling with something that we talked about during that series. And I want to encourage you, um, like, don't like, like subtweet him and like, and like, and like low key send it to him. Like just say, Hey, I love you so much. Like you, you need to see this and, and send that to them in love. But, but I believe this series is gonna be powerful as well. But just by show of hands, how many of y'all have ever watched the show back in the day, Mythbusters? Anybody ever watched the show Mythbusters? Yeah, yeah, pretty good show. I never, I never like got into it into the sense of watching every season and every episode, but, but it's a pretty good show. Would watch it every now and then. And, and it was crazy because they would take you in a moment's notice, really in, in like an hour episode, they would take you from like wondering about something that maybe you've always had questions about and they would spend an inordinate amount of time and an exorbitant amount of money trying to prove something was either a myth or something was actually true. And so today what I want to do is um, we want to have a little fun. We're going to embody the spirit of student ministry today. And so I've got a couple friends that I'm going to bring on stage with me today. And we're going to play a little Mythbusters. Is that all right today, church? Is that all right? We have a little fun. All right. So I, I want to invite two of my friends, uh, Justin Manley and Nita Christie, to come up and join me on the stage. Come on, y'all give it up for them. I think y'all can do better than that. Come on, give it up for them. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Who won? Justin won. He just won. God. All right, so we got, we got two signs real quick. We got myth and we've got fact, and they're going to be holding these with myth holding out to start with because they don't, they, they have not, have you been briefed on these questions, Justin, at all? No. no. Nita, have you been briefed on these questions at all? I have not. You have not. have not. Nita's like, if I could just sing my answers, it would be a lot better because I'm a lot more nervous. Y'all, was that not a blessing to me? I mean, it's a blessing, a blessing. Um, all right, in like 10 seconds, 10 seconds, I want you to tell me, I didn't prep them for this at all, so they're going to be freaking out. Justin, tell me um, why United Church means so much to you. 10 seconds. Don't, don't, like you can go on for 10 hours, I know, but just 10 seconds, why this place means so much to you. Because when I wake up in the morning and come here, the Holy Spirit is the only thing moving in me. 
Come on. Come on. Nita, different question. Different question. I'm freaking her out right now. Tell me why United University, she's an apprentice. Tell me why, what United University has done for you in like 30 seconds or less. Because when I came here last February, I told God I would say yes to everything. And he put it in front of me. So I said yes. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. All right. All right, so we got some myths, we got some facts. We, we're gonna figure out. Don't look at my card. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the game show host, right? He's eyeing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's eyeing you. Okay, cool. All right, so the winner um, gets uh, um, nothing. Gets a lot of like encouragement. Um, but but I, I just wanted to bring you guys up here because I, I just have good friends and I wanted to share them. But okay, here's the first one: um, myth or fact? Bulls become angry at the color red. Bulls become angry, myth and fact. How, how many of y'all believe myth? Who, who believes it's a myth? Come on, Milford, go with me. How many of y'all believe it's a fact? They get, they get yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's actually a myth. They are colorblind, Nita! Taking a strong job. number one. They can't even yeah. see it. And, and some of y'all are, are fact checkers. You're going to be Googling along as, uh, as this goes. The second one is this. Is this a myth or is this a fact that the Great Wall of China is seen from space? Myth or fact? We've got fact on Justin. We've got fact on Nita. It is a myth. It is not seen from space. So Nita is still winning one to nothing. And some of y'all don't believe me. Um, I didn't do this research. And so uh, if it's not true, it's not my fault. Anyways, uh, myth or fact, uh, running in the rain, like when you're, when you're, when you're heading into to, to Target, come on somebody, when you're heading into Target, running in the rain makes you more wet. Is that a myth or a fact? Is that a myth or a fact? Like if it's raining and you're running, like are you getting, are you getting more drenched or are you getting less drenched? So running in the rain makes you more wet. Get myth or fact. We got a myth from Nita. We got a myth from Justin. It's actually a fact. You get more wet by running in the rain. I watched, anybody else watch that Mythbusters episode, right? You know that's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know it's true. So still Nita won. Um, we're going to need a, we're going to need, we're going to need a gift for y'all, a gift of of uh, Netflix or something like that to watch Mythbusters. Um, I, I find this I find this culturally insensitive, but um, redheads and blondes are going to go extinct. She's a hairdresser. That's a it's a it's a uh, it's a myth. What do you think? It's a myth. It's actually a myth. Come on, the 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 MC one R gene is going nowhere. Facts at United Church. Learn yes, new thank every you. Day. All the blondes and redheads said amen. Yeah. Um, Vikings wore horns on their helmets. Vikings wore horns on their helmets. Is that a myth or is that a fact? This is for all the marbles, y'all. This is for all of the money that you're not going to win. Fact and fact. It's actually, guys, it is a myth. Nothing like this has ever been discovered in any archaeological dig. Come on, y'all give it up for Nita and Justin Manley. No, no you won, Nita girl. is the winner. Won, Come on, give it up for Nita. You know love it. you guys. Love you guys. Always. Love you guys. Anytime. I still love, love yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You guys, you got to go. This is my time. Oh. This is my time. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Oh, man, I love having fun. Anybody love laughing a little bit in church? It's amazing, yeah. But uh, I just wanted to, to kick it off that way because here, here's what I want to do because as I was watching that show when I was, uh, when I was younger, it's no longer on, but the, the crazy part of, uh, about Mythbusters is that you would move from, from thinking um, something was true to actually knowing it was true. You would go on this journey of, of thinking 
to knowing. And I started thinking about the series, This I Believe, and, and this is the journey that I want every single one of us to go on as we are walking out our faith. Come on, there, there are so many things that we think to be true about following Jesus. There's so many things that we think to be true about Christianity. But what I want us to do is I want us to move from thinking to knowing. And this is so important. This is why this is so important is because sometimes you are going to get pressed on your faith. That Sometimes somebody is going to, to and, and here's what I don't want to do is I'm, I'm not trying to equip you to, to win a, a debate where you raise your voice at somebody. That, that's not what I'm trying to do. Cause how many of you know that you can be right and say it the wrong way and still be wrong? And so, so what we want to do is I want to equip you in order to, to have a conversation. Because listen, there's going to be times in your life where your faith is literally shaken. Your life is shaken. And you're going to have to realize, do, do I think I believe this or do I know this to be true? Do I think this or do I know this? And in 2022, listen, I'm not sure if there's ever been more of an erosion of the truth than there ever has been in the course of history where we find ourselves living today. There's an attack, listen to me, there's an attack on this idea that even this word truth, like people say, no, no, that's not, that's not my truth. That's, that's your truth. And church, can I, can I encourage you? There are some things that are just factually true. How many of you know that two plus two will always equal four? Yeah. How many of you know if you mix red and yellow, it will always make? Oh, wow. <laughs> if you mix red and yellow, it will make orange every single time. Like, that's not my truth. We'll try mixing them and see what happens, right? You will get orange every single time. There's just some things that are factually true, and we find ourselves in 2022 debating things that need no debating. There's things that we, we want to, to, to kind of go at people for, and there's really no sense in it. And so today, we're going to look at the one thing that I believe that affects everything, and that's the Bible. Today, we're going to take a look at, at the Word of God. And this is the foundation, church, of what we believe. And there are so many perspectives. This is my, this is my Bible, y'all. This is the Bible that I read in the mornings. And I wake up and I smell the leather. Come on, somebody. It ain't, it ain't, this ain't like bonded leather. This is genuine. Come on, somebody. This came off of a, this came off of a, um, it's, uh, it's vegan. And I don't know where it came off of. <laughs> It's not vegan. It smells so good and it brings so much joy. But, but there's so many opinions when it comes to the Bible. Some of them are encouraging. Some people are like, man, it is, it is, it is it's moral. Like it's, it's encouraging. It's, uh, it's trust. People say you could trust it. People say it's, it, it's, it's accurate. Some people would say it. But, but then there's like the, the, the pendulum that swings to the other side. And there's, there's some that are like, no, no, it, it's an it's a antiquated book. Like Pastor Ken, like it's, it's old. It's, it's outdated. It's, some people would say it's, it's inaccurate. And so today what I want to do is I want to give you some facts because I want to move you, uh, I want to help you move from thinking that the Bible is true to knowing that the Bible is true. I can see it on some of your faces. You're like, okay, here, let me just, let me make a little qualifying statement today. Over the last four weeks, like I've been like super preachy, preachy. Today's going to be more like teachy, teachy. Is that okay? Like, if, like, because here's what I, I know that the last four weeks have been like helpful. They've been equipping and, and, and like you've been all up in your fields, right? As we've, we've talked about this, but, but here's what I, I believe that it's just as important for us to walk through things like that, where we handle and deal with our emotions as it is to handle and deal with what's going on between our ears when it comes to our thought processes, not just how we think, but what we think. And so today I want to give you some 
some facts, give you some information. But I love what Paul says as he's talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This little stick sticking out and it's bothering me so it doesn't poke me in the eye. I'm going to move that. You said that's like squirrel. I just get like distracted really quickly. But Paul's talking to Timothy. Check it out. He says, but as for you, he says, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. He says, because you know those from whom you learned it. He says, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Look, I, I want to step into some of your lives today and tell you that some of you, you were raised to believe that the Bible truly is the Word of God. You were, really, you were truly raised to believe that, that the Bible is something that you can lean on. And for some reason or another, like you've educated yourself into oblivion where you truly believe that you could outthink the Bible. I thought that would be like an amen or something or like, yes, pastor. But, but I want to encourage you, like Paul says, he says, like, you, you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Check, check out verse 16, one of my favorite verses of all Scripture. He says, all Scripture, all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I don't know about you guys, but I want, to, I want the Bible, and maybe some of you aren't convinced yet, like you're gonna, we're going to go on a journey together, that you're not really convinced if the Bible is what it says it is, or the Bible, like we can really like lean into the Bible. You're not really convinced of this, but I want the Bible, I want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work, and I want to give you a few reasons why you can put all of your, all, you can put all of your weight into the Bible and realize that it is and it has the power to hold everything in your life. The first thing I want you to see is this, is that the Bible is trustworthy. The Bible is trustworthy. If you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write some of these things down, that the Bible is trustworthy. Check out what Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 35. He says, heaven and earth will pass away. He says, but my words will not pass away. Now, it's, it's a little bit tricky, a little bit tricky when you use the Bible to defend the Bible. Like it's a little bit tricky when you use like what you are, are, are trying to defend to actually try to defend what you're trying to defend, right? I'll just confuse you enough till you're like, you're like, yeah, 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 what he said. I mean, that's what's been going on for the last two years. Anyways, just confuse you until you don't know what's going on, what's real. Anyways, not here, just in life. Anyways, just went too far. Just went too far, went too far, went, went way too far. But in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, he said, listen, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. There's some things that you can use to, to check out to see if something really is trustworthy. The first thing is this, is, is, is you can look at whether it's historically accurate, historically accurate. And, and when you look at something as historically accurate, it needs to have three pieces. And the first one is this, is eyewitness accounts. That if, if you're looking at history, and this isn't just Bible, this is all of history, and if you're trying to figure out if you can trust something that you are leaning into, you, you, will, you will have to realize it's something historically accurate. And the first thing you want to look at is eyewitness accounts. 
And the really cool thing about the Bible is that there were so many people that, were, that wrote the Bible, that penned the scriptures, that were eyewitness accounts to what were actually happened. If you look at the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like these were Jesus's boys, right? These were the guys who were, that were, they were rolling with Jesus. They were doing life with Jesus. And these are the ones that penned the scriptures. Paul, like he was one of the guys that like was, was, was a predecessor. He was one that came after all of these guys. He was one able to write. He was an eyewitness. He, he had an eyewitness account of so many of these things. The second thing to see if it's historically accurate is to see if it's recorded and copied with extreme care. Now, if you're going to look at the Bible and try to pick it apart, like you want to know if, if it was recorded and if it was copied with extreme care. And if you were to rewind all the way back to the Torah, which literally means instruction or teaching or the law, the Torah is the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. If you were to go back to all of those and, and you would see that that early on that these, these books of the Bible, the first books, five books of the Bible, they were transcribed by, by Jewish scribes. And I believe that, that God used the, the Jewish people because they were so meticulous. And they would take the, the, the manuscripts that they had and they would, they would write these manuscripts literally word for word, but not just word for word, but letter for letter. And when they got done with the entire Torah, the entire Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, they knew where the center letter was. Check, check this out. If, you're, if you nerd out on this stuff, just listen to me for a second. They, they, they knew where the center letter was of the entire document. They would go to the center letter and they would count to the right and they would count to the left. And if it was off by one letter, they would ball it up and they would start over again because it was was no longer accurate in their eyes. And so when we look at the scriptures, when we look at like, is it historically accurate? We know that this has been recorded and copied and it hasn't just been recorded and copied, but it's been recorded and copied with extreme care. Another piece that I find so interesting, if you're looking at historical accuracy is this, is there's gotta be archeological confirmation. But like the, the, the guys that go out and, and dig, the empires that, that the Bible said existed, they, there must be archaeological evidence that they actually in, existed, that the nations and the people groups and, and, and the, the people, that the, the leaders that the Bible talked about, there must be archaeological confirmation that these people actually happened. And can I stand up here today and tell you that you can have confidence in the word of God as being historically accurate because there are eyewitness accounts, it is recorded and copied with extreme care, and there are archaeological confirmations of every single thing that the Bible said. If that makes you excited in any way, put your hands together and say, yes, God. I told you, I told you it's going to be a little, a little, a little teachy today. Some of y'all are like, I'm not used to this guy. Like, I'm, not, I'm used to the more preachy, preachy. Like, I'm, I'm not used to that. But historically accurate is, is a huge thing. The second thing that's really big is, is scientifically accurate. Scientifically accurate. I found this so interesting, y'all. You got to hear this. In 1861, the French Academy of Science. I, I got it right here because I didn't, I didn't want to miss this. The French Academy of Science, they published a book called the 51 incontrovertible scientific facts that prove the Bible is wrong. 51 incontrovertible, they use the word like, you, there's no way. These are scientific facts that prove that the Bible is wrong. And church, can I tell you that 161 years later, every single one of those 51 incontrovertible facts that prove the Bible is wrong have been controverted and showed us that the Bible truly is trustworthy in all its ways. I know, some of y'all are like, I'm not convinced yet. I'm not convinced. Listen, this is what some of the people used to believe. They used to believe that the earth is flat. Some people still believe that. 
They've never been to the boardwalk and looked out and see how the horizon disappears. Why? Because the earth ain't flat. I love flat earthers. God bless them. God bless that. But all you had to do was to look back 2,600 years ago when Isaiah said this. He said, it is he, talking about God who sits above the circle of the earth. This word circle is the word that we get. We get the word circle from the word sphere, which is actually where we get the word globe from, which meant the earth is round. It's crazy. For 2,000 years, they were like, hey, if you sell the ocean blue, 1892, like you're going to sell off the, off the face of the earth. But Isaiah 2,600 years ago was like, hey, just got to raise my hand and tell you, you ain't going to fall off the earth because it ain't flat. It, ain't, it is scientifically accurate. Another one that, that, that used to be believed is that the earth had to be held up. How many of y'all remember, you know, Atlas is holding the globe like this, right? I know I look a lot like him. Let me just like strike the pose for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your laugh makes me believe that that doesn't seem true. Anyways, <laughs> the earth had to be held up. But check out what Job said in one of the oldest books of, the, of scriptures. He said, he stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. He hangs the earth on nothing. The earth doesn't have to be held up. It is, it is uh, doing just fine by itself. Another myth is that the stars could be counted. And y'all, th- this just cracks me up. Th- this is one that used to be believed. And uh, I, was, I was doing some research on this and, and a brother named Hipparchus. How many of y'all glad we don't get names like that anymore? Hipparchus, 150 BC. He said this and he said, he was actually... We need to pray for Hipparchus and his family because he was the, the creator of trigonometry as well. And uh, exactly, that's exactly how I feel. Only our kids director, Rachel, is like, praise God. Anyways, <laughs> former math teacher. But in 150 BC, he's like, listen, I've counted all the stars. And I want to go on record as saying there are 1,022 stars. 1,022 1,022. 300 years later, Ptolemy says, listen, Hipparchus, with all due respect, great job. Great, great job, 1,022, but here's what I need you to understand. You, you missed four. <laughs> There's 1,026. 1,026. I'm like, like the, the numbers were just a little bit off and uh, astrologers today, I had to get this number right because this is a, 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 a this is astounding. Astrologers today said there are 200 sextillion stars. What, what does that mean, Pascal? Let's say it a different way: 200 billion trillion stars. But they could have gone back to the prophet Jeremiah, who said this: that even as the stars of the heaven cannot be counted. Thank you, Hipparchus. Thank you, Ptolemy. Thank you, all the astrologers. But Jeremiah already told us that you can't even count how many stars there are. That's how big my God is. The scriptures have been speaking over and over and over for years and years and millennia, over and over, telling us, man, it can be trusted. It's historically accurate. It's scientifically accurate. I love this one. It's prophetically accurate. Like we could get all up in this and I don't want to dive too deep in this, but there were 44 prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus's coming to earth. 44 prophecies. What is a prophecy, Pastor Ken? The prophecy is literally this, is something that was said that was going to happen that actually comes to pass. 
And I love this because if you, if the, the, what's stunning about these prophecies is the specificity of these prophecies. The things like this is that Jesus would be born of a virgin. Things like this, that Jesus would be heir to King David's throne. Things like this, that he would be crucified with criminals. Why does that seem like a big deal, Pastor Kenneth? Why does it seem like a big deal that there were prophecies that Jesus would be nailed to a cross, that he would be crucified? The reason it's a big deal is because it wasn't even a form of death, a death sentence form when it was prophesied that Jesus would die this way, yet somehow, is it possible that the reason this is to be, the reason that we can trust the Bible is because it wasn't written by man, it was actually written by God? Is it possible that you can say things that are going to happen 600, 700 years before they happen because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit? The Bible, the Bible is trustworthy. The second thing I want you to see is this, is that the Bible is time-tested. The Bible is is time tested. Think about this. The Bible was written over a span of 1,600 plus years with 40 authors, 66 books on three continents and three languages. And yet if you go to the entire narrative of the scripture, you will find that there's this beautiful tapestry that is woven together. It is impossible for me to believe that you could just roll the dice of 1,600 years, 40 authors. I mean, mean, just take this into perspective. Because it's not like as John was writing down his gospel account that that Paul was over there writing 1 Corinthians, like looking over his shoulder. Like, what'd you say, John? Like, like, they're going to think my, my, my letter is so much better than your letter. Like there's no way, like they weren't looking over each, like it is impossible for me to believe. Like some of y'all, I don't, I, I, listen, I, I, you see, like Pastor Ken, you seem really excited. It's because I love the word of God. And I believe that one of my, one of my number one, one of the number one jobs that I have as the pastor of this church is to share the love that I have for God's word. And maybe just maybe that it rubs off on you that you're like, oh my gosh, like I need to, I need to get involved in this word. I need to read this thing because if, if you could really tell me that this is written over 1,600 years, 40 authors, 66 books, three continents, three languages, and it all comes together. Like I, I, I could maybe get behind something like this. And when I say time-tested, think about this, that the final words of the Bible were penned about 2,000 years ago, give or take a few years. And the Bible is still on the bestseller list every single year. There's something, there's something irresistible about the Bible. Pastor Chris Hodges said it like this. He said, the Bible is the most despised, derided, denied, disputed, dissected, debated, outlawed, and destroyed book ever. Yet it endures. It's still here thousands of years later. Why? Because maybe the answer is bigger than me and you. Oh, I'm trying to talk some of you into loving the word of God. Wars, inquisitions, battles, people groups wiped off of the face of the planet. And what's the only thing that has stood the test of time? It's the word of God. I love what, uh, what Voltaire said. Voltaire, whose uh, real name is 
Francois-Marie Arout, which no wonder he went by Voltaire. If I'm a dude, my name's Francois-Marie, I'm going by Voltaire too. He lived in the late 1600s, early 1700s. Uh, Voltaire, he said this. He said, within 100 years, the Bible will be forgotten. The only thing that's been forgotten is this quote. I love, y'all, I love the humor of God. Because the French Bible Society, once Voltaire died, they actually bought his house, Voltaire's house, and they made it their headquarters for the French Bible Society. <laughs> That's just good right there. Let's go, oh, Voltaire, we've forgotten 100 years. How about this? How about your house? It's still standing, and we're just going to make it the, the center for the French Bible Society. That, that, that cracks me up. Why? Because Isaiah the prophet said, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. The word of our God will stand forever. It's too good to not believe. It's so trustworthy. It's so time-tested that I can't not believe. Let me tell you what I believe, what United Church believes, because I think this is important. I think in a time like this, it's important for you to know where we stand when it comes to scriptures. And this is a lot, but I want you to see this. Is that United Church, if you've gone through growth track, you've heard this before. United Church believes that the books of the Old and New Testaments constitute the Holy Scriptures. They are the inspired and infallibly written word of God, fully inerrant in their original manuscripts and superior to all human authority and have been transmitted to the present without corruption of any essential doctrine. Listen, if, if you're looking for a church that, that doesn't stand on God's word, if you're looking for a church that, that doesn't talk about the hard things, if you're looking for a church that, that takes out like what, what may seem culturally insensitive and throws those things out, can I tell you, United Church may not be your church. But if you're looking for a church that will stand and preach a life-giving way, every single thing that the scripture says from Genesis to Revelation, that will tell you that when your lifestyle is not conforming to the word of God, but rather you are trying to get the word of God to conform around your lifestyle, if you are looking for a church where in a life-giving way that we will, we will talk about things that maybe make us uncomfortable. If you're looking for a place that you can raise your kids and you can raise your students to have a tremendous reverence for the word of God. Can I tell you, this is a place that you can trust. I just feel like today, I just feel like, I just want to, I just want to stop right here for a second. And I, I just want to hold, I, I just want to, it's not like, this is, this is not in my notes, so I'm trying to like get my thoughts together before. Um, in 2022, I feel like we have, we've said, you know what, I, I want to, I want to go to church, check. Man, those, the, the drummer, the He's great. The, that singer, she's awesome. Like, kids ministry, super awesome. Like, we, we want to do, like, I'm going to be a part of a group. But we have left out the one thing that is everything. 
And church, that's why we've spent, like if you, you've seen lamp and light flowing around, like it's not just a cute brand. Like I, I've literally said that the church that I, I would love for us to build, the church that I would love for us to be a part of is the one that every single thing we do flows out of this. That if God says turn right, we turn right. If God says turn left, we turn left. If God says go forward, we go forward. But we find our direction. Listen, you will never, we will never know the will of God outside of the word of God. This is not just some peripheral conversation. Hold on, this is not some peripheral conversation that we're having today. Come on, this is what we build everything of this church on. Is that I truly believe that in this book, in this 66 books, in this amazing collection, there's the power of life to bring you so much joy, to bring you so much peace, to bring you so much direction that maybe you've been looking for in your life, but you've neglected this and written it off as outdated and inaccurate and maybe all of these things. But I'm telling you, this is the place where you will find direction for every single piece of your Life, Church, I'm just hoping that we get this today. I'm hoping that we, that we wrap our minds around this, that the Bible is, is trustworthy. The Bible is time-tested. But the last thing I want to share with you is this, is that the Bible is transformational. The Bible really is transformational. That it is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. That the Bible is the only book that when you open it up, it is literally like a, literally like a mirror into your soul. Like it is, it is like coming, like you, you may wonder like, hey, I just opened up to the book of, of Proverbs and I felt like, you ever, you ever felt like, like, how did I just, just happen to open up to a place that was speaking directly into the situation that I'm walking through? That's the Holy Spirit of God. Like he, he didn't just like, oh, I just happened to turn into this where it's challenging me on lordship. No, maybe God's been walking you in that path to understand lordship. I wouldn't encourage you to do it all the time because you may get to a place of like, like circumcision or something weird and you're like, oh gosh, what's that? just try a different one, right? Like, like don't do it every time. I'm just telling you. But truly the Bible is transformational in all of its ways. It's the only book that when you speak it out loud that you are literally hearing the voice of God audibly in your life. It is so life-changing. David, in Psalm 119, he said this. He said, how sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. And through your precepts, through your teachings, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love the symbolism. He says, your words, your words are sweet. Your words are, are like honey. There's sometimes I'll, I'll take my Bible and I've shared this with you before, but I, I will just take my Bible and literally just kiss my Bible. You think that's weird, that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with being weird in your book. I have no clue where I would be if it wasn't for this. I love what he says. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. I, I love that in my life, 
I'm sure just like you, there's been some dark seasons. There's been some frustrating times. There's been times where I don't feel like I can see everything that I need to see, but I'm so thankful that when I can't see everything that I need to see, that I can get in his word. And his word is a lamp into my feet. It is a light into my path. He shows me, he literally shows me the next step. And I could go on and on about the facts of the Bible and about how like even one of those prophecies coming to pass is like one in 400 million or whatever it is. I could go on and on about all this, the archeological digs that have proved all this to be true. But church, can I tell you that the number one way that I know that the word of God is accurate and the word of God is true is because what it's done on the inside of me. I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. And it's not because I heard good preaching. I've heard a lot of good preaching in my life. It's not because I got into an atmosphere and worship. That's so fantastic. It's because I committed my life and said, God, whatever it is that you want from me, from this, in your word, your truth, God, that's what I want in my life. So today, I, I just, We've said this before, but I wanna wanna look you in the face and I wanna tell you this today. We've said, hey, give God a year of your life and see what happens. Listen, I, I I love that. Give God a year of your life, show up to church, like do all those things, that's fantastic. But give God a year of your life in the word of God. And again, you don't even have to read every single day. Like I hit five out of seven. I'm like a five out of a seven guy. And there's a couple days where I wake up late or I get going and things are, are crazy, five out of a seven type day. And, 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 and so I don't get it every single day. But I'm telling you this, you give it five out of seven. Heck, you give it three out of seven. I don't know what your rhythm is going to be, but you give God a year of your life of getting into the word of God and come back to me Super Bowl Sunday, 2023, and tell me your life doesn't look completely completely different than it's ever looked before in your life. Come on, you've, you've tried everything else. You've tried a mental edge coach. You've tried somebody that's going to help you. You've tried some, you've like read all of the internet, the, all of the articles on the internet. You've read every single book, but you've never given your life one, one year of your life to the word and say, God, I'm gonna jump into this. I'm gonna, we don't make these lamp and light reading plans because they're like cool and slick looking. And we make these so that you can jump into the word of God. Come on, I've been reading through Ephesians. Anybody been reading through Ephesians with me this week? Been reading through Proverbs this week and it's changing me. I've read through Ephesians 37 times, I don't know, but it's changing me. I've read through Proverbs 454 times. Come on, there's 31 of them, one for every single day, but, God, but I'm just watching God transform me. Today, I, I, just, I just wonder, um, I just wonder if, if, you've ever, if you've ever given it a shot. Because in a series like this, this I believe, I can again talk you into all those things, but, but I know this to be true, that if you do and you go all in with him, there'll be a thousand plus testimonies of saying, yeah, it changed my life, shifted my focus. It was so life-giving, it brought so much joy. It was sweet like honey to my, to my lips. So today, just for distraction's sake, I just wonder if you would bow your head and close your eyes. And I just wanna right there where you sit. I just wonder if, um, we could just cry out to God to say thank you. Thank you for your word. 
Thank you for preserving your word, God. Thank you, God, that on my darkest days that your word is a light for my path. Thank you, God, that my desire is to know your will and I'll never know it outside of your word. God, thank you that I can have confidence that your word is trustworthy. I thank you that I can have confidence that your word is time-tested. God, I can have confidence that your word is transformational. Maybe today with every head bowed, every eye closed, um, I don't know what you walked in here today believing to be true about the Bible. Maybe today like you've had an encounter with God, like something's shifting inside of you. You've never seen it as absolute truth, but maybe today you're like, man, God, I'm recognizing that that you've seen some pieces of it as inconvenient, but maybe today you're, God, you're just like, God, I'm just, God, I'm bowing to your Lordship, whatever it is that you want. I just want to leave some little bit of space right here in this moment for you just to talk to God, to say, God, I believe. So Jesus, today I, I say that your words are, are like sweet honey. That your word is like a lamp. It is like a light. That in your word I can find all that I need for, for your righteousness sake. God, help me to bow to the lordship of your word. That if you said it, I believe it. That God, it doesn't matter what my opinion is if your word's already spoken on it. Father, we'll be careful to give you all the praise. In Jesus' name.